Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the associate producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges in the market. And we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Vincent and AJ chat with Chip Russo, CRO at Truthset. He discusses consumer data and how Truthset works to measure its accuracy. Vincent looks forward to nice weather, and AJ has a busy month. Give it a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Starista's The Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your happy host, Vincent Petrofessa, the Vice President of B2B Products and Partnerships here at Starista. It is so great to be talking to you, and thank you again for all the great notes that you've been sending us, all of our listeners our increased listenership. We really appreciate that. Also, thank you for approaching me at conferences. Conferences are back, people. And thank you for telling me you listen to the podcast. That makes my day. So thank you. Starista, who are we? Let me just pause for station identification. That's not even a real thing. This is not a station. What we do is we are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, and business-to-consumer data. We help customers access that data to help them get new customers. We we can help you through email. We own our own DSP called Adster, Display, Connected TV. Email me, vincent at starissa.com. That is how confident I am. I just gave you the world, parts of the world, some of the world, my email address. The other thing I'm confident in, and I get to see his face tomorrow in person, ladies and gentlemen, my co-host, my CEO, Mr. AJ Gupta. What's up, AJ? Hey, Vincent. Looking forward uh, to this week, and it's been a uh, it's been a packed month so far, but uh, uh, it'll get uh, it'll get even better in the next couple of days here in San Antonio. Absolutely. You've been very busy, sir. It's like, you know, we're in, it's Q2. It's a busy time of year. We are fortunate. We appreciate that, that we're busy, but yeah, happy to see you in person. Happy to see other Staristonians. I don't even know if that's a word. Staristites? What do we say? Staristites. I like it. I like it. Coming to San Antonio, it's been the weather in New York has been one day, it's like 73 degrees. I've got shorts on the next day. I'm bundled up. I have ear warmers on. Of course, nothing over my hair because I like to show that. But yeah, it's been crazy. So I'm happy to come into hopefully nice weather in San Antonio. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, nap weather outside. It's uh, uh, dark and raining. So yeah, depends on uh, your definition of nice, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's, uh, you know, nice is uh, being away from the family for a little bit and uh, just uh, relaxing. I think yeah, they don't live. My five-year-old doesn't listen. Uh, I thought your wife was our number one fan. Yeah. Well, uh, she's like my number seven fan uh, in, in real life. She's not a big fan of me, but uh, <laughs> no, she listens to the podcast. She is uh, in, adjacent to this, this industry. Yeah. So yeah, she listens. But it is good to see you. We're going to be seeing uh, other people, or hopefully everyone there, some sales folk coming in, kind of doing some strategy. It's going to be a blast. We're going to you know, have some dinner. Always a good time. Yeah. Going to be fun. You know what else is fun? 
doing this podcast. We love doing this podcast. We get a variety of guests onto the podcast. This is a company, a first of its kind on this podcast. First of its kind, really, just as a company. I've, I, I don't know of any other companies really doing this, like really digging into data. The company's called Truthset. Have you ever heard of them? Strista has for a few different reasons. We'll get into that in a moment, but we are very happy to welcome the president and chief revenue officer of Truthset. Ladies and gentlemen, Chip Russo. What's going on, Chip? Hey, how's it going? going. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We love sounds it. Like, yeah. Well, as I say, sounds like you guys uh, are in for a good time in San Antonio. Going to hit the, <laughs> the river walk out there. It looks, it'll be a good time. Get the Absolutely. crew back together. Should be fun. Yeah, the Riverwalk is, it's like the Times Square of San Antonio, which <laughs> some people are like, that's amazing. I love Times Square. Other people who live in New York City are like, ah, I'm okay. I've seen it already. <laughs> I've seen it once. But yes, it's the uh, good time San Antonio, the Alamo. Just happy to see people. But uh, yeah, Chip, it is great to talk to you again. Mm. You and I, were we chatted a few weeks back. But Stristen knows truth set. I think anyone with a data set, and we are big into data, should know truth set. So let's get it right out there for the good people listening to the marketing stir. Tell us about truth set. I'd love to know your role within the organization. You, wear, you wear multiple hats, so I'd love to understand a little bit more there. Yeah, sure. So again, my name is Chip Russo. I'm the president and chief revenue officer at truth set. Um, we are a company that has built a tool to measure the accuracy of demographic data. It's really that simple. Um, the tool will work for data providers, for brands, for platforms, for agencies, really anyone that has demographic data and wants to ascertain the accuracy of that data. I'd love to understand, Chip, kind of the genesis of the business. Talk to us how... Did, did the founder, he or she, you know, sure. stumble across a, a bad data set and was like, wait a minute, we have to really understand, you know, dig deeper. Tell me a little bit about that story. Sure. So our, our CEO, uh, Scott McKinley, he founded the company in 2019. He, he's been in multiple startups. So he's had, uh, I think, two or three startups previously. Um, and he... Um, he worked at Nielsen as an EVP for seven years. So this is really his brainchild. And he's seen firsthand the value of accurate data. And he saw firsthand really what was happening within, um, I think, the overall broadcast ecosystem. And, you, you know, I don't know if you're aware of all the, you know, what happened with Nielsen and MRC accreditation and whatnot. So I, I think the awareness of inaccuracy in data overall uh, was something that he felt passionate that he could help solve. I think that's sort of the genesis of it. Um, and how do you do that in a way that's super positive, that, you know, the rising tide raises all boats, you know, how do you create a way to offer accuracy um, while really promoting and benefiting all the participants. I think that's ultimately what he set out to do. And because of his 
research background um, has, you know, we've sort of leaned into um, the whole digital ecosystem as our, as our initial focus. Chip, can you talk to us a little bit about how you measure the accuracy of the consumer data? Yeah, of course. So essentially, um, TrueSet's built a proprietary tool that measures the likelihood from zero to one of, um, of an attribute being accurate. Um, essentially, you know, we created this data collective of the leading data providers in the world and, you know, 20 plus data providers. And what we do is we've multi-sourced validation sets. So research grade validation sets that will measure each of the data providers individually, all of the various attributes. And then we assign essentially a score to those attributes, which then gets applied in what we call the Bayesian wisdom of the crowds methodology. Essentially, everyone's voting on a very specific email. So the, the spine of Truthset and the tool set that we use is a hem spine, which is a hashed email. And we, um, we have 880 million hashed emails, which is essentially our hem spine. And attached to all of those are our demographic scores. So 25 different attributes and a score for each. And so we will, we will use that tool essentially to measure um, each of the data providers and give them direct feedback, just private to them as to how each of their various attributes score in, in an accuracy level. And Chip, uh, it's obviously clear to us as a data provider and a partner how the solution is effective for data providers. Uh, but can you talk to us a little bit about how this would benefit non-data providers and the kind of your brand audience that you're targeting as well? Well, yeah. I mean, look, I think um, just so, so super clear, there's, there's the coalition that we run, which is free. This is not pay to play. This is, you know, data providers come in, they supply their data. We then turn around a score for them. Uh, which they can use to promote it, it actually. So I know I'm, I'm taking the long way to answer your question, but I think it's important to, to first understand how data providers benefit. And then, and then I can explain, I think, in greater detail how it works to the broader community. But within the data collective, you know, as a data provider comes in, they're getting the opportunity to have new sort of strategic insights um, because everyone believes their data is great. And if in fact it is great, then that's awesome, right? And if it's not, then the folks that are bad actors sort of take away the value if there's not an independent body to sort of validate, you know, the great data providers out there. And so what we do is we help give them a tool to showcase how great their data actually is by an independent body. And then we also give um, them insight into where they're really strong and where they might be struggling, which comes into play from a strategic perspective, right? That's information that only goes to them, but ultimately it allows them to make strategic decisions on how and where to focus their energies. Um, the output of that ultimately is this tool, right? So this tool is you know, 880 million hashed emails with all of these scores associated with it. And that, is that is ultimately the product that we'll use to solve 
problems for any of the other constituents, whether it be a brand directly. So if I'm a, a big brand and I've got a ton of first party data, maybe it's, you know, maybe some of it's modeled, maybe some of it's, you know, credit card or, you know, whatever, you know, the, the brands today have an array of ways of pulling data together. Um, but nobody until now had a way to validate the accuracy of that data. So before you're going to use, if you have a big data set and you want to use it for targeting, or if you want to use it for modeling, um, it's important now that that capability is available to measure the accuracy of that before you then go on to make that, that model. I can give you another example. If you were, if you were to work within a walled garden and, and you have the big data asset and you're ready to deploy your first party data into Facebook or Google or Snapchat or what have you, essentially what they're going to do is they're going to take that seed that you that you know that you've provided them and they're going to create lookalike models and then they'll ultimately target throughout their platform. If you knew that 10% or 5% or 20% of your audience was misaligned with what you thought it was, well, then you're allowing that magnification of that percentage, whatever it is, uh, to grow across that social platform versus we could just eliminate that for you on the onset. So if you had a million records that you wanted to turn into 10 and 10% 10 of them or a hundred or a million was, was not the 18 to 34 male or whatever that you thought it was, you eliminate that, you submit that 900,000 to Facebook who then models it out. And now your, your seed is growing from a, a more accurate source. Chip, I want to take a step back. This is a question I normally ask, and I, uh, I, I skipped over it. And I know that a lot of our entry level, and as well as our students love this question. It's talk to me about how you first got started in this industry. What was, mm. what was the, the path? What was your first job out of college? Mm. Wow, we're going way back. We're going okay. way back. That's why people love hearing it because it's usually not a traditional path for most people, you know. So we love to hear yeah, it. There. Okay, cool. So yeah, so I, um, uh, I'm, I'm sort of a, a startup junkie. I, I've always loved business. When I was in college, I started my own little business. Um, when I got out of college, I was looking for um, businesses in the media space. And so my path was, I, I researched a lot of different cable entities and found out like, you know, which were, um, which were the strongest in terms of, you know, A, like brand recognition, but then also like had good mentoring and whatnot. And Turner Broadcasting really jumped out as one of the leaders. And so I went to go work there at a college and um, had just had a great experience. Um, learned a lot of basics. They do, they run all of their junior people through a great system. And as I was going through that, it was really, I'm really going to date myself, but that was sort of the dawn of the internet. <laughs> and so um, as that happened, I, I saw what was going on and, uh, and it was something, you know, given my entrepreneurial spirit wanted to be involved in it. So I, you know, became, well, I, I joined, um, a uh, startup and and basically built it, you know, helped build it from from the ground up, and then continued on that path. You know, this is now my sixth startup, and um, and you know, and so it's been it's been 
really one to another that's that's led me down that path from from company to company so let's explore that i love what you said there startup junkie that's a term you don't hear all the time and it says you started out at turner which tnt for those of people should know that turner broadcasting tbs big conglomerate that's a, a larger company than into the startup world but what continues to drive you to these startups, what, what is it about it? You know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, the president, CRO—that's multiple hats. What, what do you think it is, Chip, that kind of drives you to a startup, and, and why should people listening, you know, jump into startups? Okay, um, so I, I'm a builder. You know, I love um, I love the early onset of companies. I love to get my hands dirty, and um, and I just. Um, I believe in myself and I think, you know, being a part of a, you know, a startup means that you have to do that. You have to bet on yourself um, and the people around you. And as the companies get bigger and bigger, you know, there's maybe more politics involved or there's, you know, different skill sets that are really important for really large companies. And there are certain skill sets that are really important and um, I lean into the more entrepreneurial end and that's where I just have more fun. Um, and I love, um, you know, focusing on the team around us and, and solving problems that maybe haven't come up before and, you know, first time and, and that sort of thing. And I don't mind the chaos where you have to have a, a really thick skin in the early days which I, I always remind myself each time I start over, <laughs> I wonder <laughs> what the heck was I thinking? I was so comfortable last month <laughs> before I joined this, this new startup. And it's always a little bit of a shock to the system when somebody says, you ask them, well, who's responsible for doing this? And they turn around and they say, well, you are. And you say, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I'll get right on it. Um, but it's funny. It's, it's, uh, it's two different worlds and it's a fun, I think it's just a really fun process to identify challenges, um, think through how to solve them and then go out and solve them. Jeff, you've been uh, relatively new at Truthset at this point, but uh, what's been kind of your favorite experience or favorite part of uh, working here? I mean, for me, it's the people. It's getting to know the people. You know, Scott is, um, he's an incredible leader. He is, uh, <laughs> I mean, he was the captain of the U.S. cycling Olympic team. He's, you know, he's got a really interesting <laughs> background. Um, you know, we have a, an amazing sales leader in Wes who, you know, he's multiple years at, at Comscore and, and then our data science team, Kat and Noid. You know, the working with really smart, really hungry, you know, people for me is, has been the, the most exciting thing. The, the other thing is just sort of the quest in what truth set is setting out to do. So, you know, it's the quest for truth and accuracy and data. And that's, you know, when you're in ad tech, it, there's a whole different, well, there's a, there's a lot of different things that you can focus on. And, um, and I just find it super refreshing to be focused on something that will really help everyone in the entire ecosystem. That's super exciting for me. And then the last is just sort of the, the elegance and the simplicity of the product itself. 
And this is a tool that is super easy to integrate with literally any data stack, whether it's you know in AWS or Snowflake or Google or wherever, um, and ultimately has a massive impact on those that implement it. So from the people to sort of the, the quest to the product itself, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. And frankly, we're just getting started, so I'm excited. And as a follow-up to that, since you're just getting started, looking ahead, what do you see as the future of data standards and how do you see Truthset kind of being an impact player in that world? Sure. Well, I mean, look, I think there's many government groups who are working to solve that riddle. Um, we're... Uh, we believe that accuracy should be the standard really, right? So um, I don't think at this point, given the fact that there's now a tool and truth set to be able to measure the accuracy of data, I think the standard should be the most accurate data that you can use, right? Like, um, I don't think that we're gonna have any policy, you know, participation necessarily, but we do wanna be the arbiter of truth. And so as it relates to standards, we'll, you know, we'll let the government groups do that. Um, we want to we wanna just provide a tool of transparency and a standard of accuracy. Chip, let's go back to, I love what you said there, the Data Collective. Talk to us about that initiative. Um, so the Data Collective is, you know, is, is essentially that. Uh, it's, a, it's a group of the leading data providers and, um, what we want to do is provide them with the opportunity to, you know, have insight into their own data. Like nobody's data is perfect. Everyone, you know, has somewhere where they're, they're stronger, you know, some areas where they're stronger than others. And so what, what we do within the collective is provide that feedback and that strategic insight. Um, we also give them that independent um, verification, right? So the stamp of approval. If, if there's a number of bad actors out there, then the pricing for data is sort of a race to the bottom, right? I mean, if, if, if you can add multiple attributes to every, you know, every record that you have that are conflicting with one another and the, the buying community can't tell the difference, then they just buy it and hope that it's, it's factored in and then it takes, you know, it, it takes trial and error. Uh, versus having um, a third-party independent body that can say, you know, this has been verified. This is a partner that cares about data quality. And then we also provide them with insights into how they um, how they index against the larger group, uh, where their ranking is within various attributes. So it's a it's a really fantastic sales tool where they can utilize and say, hey, we're number, we're in the top three, or we've been in the top three for the last three quarters in, in such and such a, a category. And so I think it's really beneficial um, for the data providers to be able to have a marketing tool that they can utilize. There's additional value in promotion, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's press or whatnot. And then that independent voice weighs in um, on M&A and all, and all sorts of things, really. I mean, I don't know if you saw in Futor was acquired earlier in Q1 this year. And in the article that I was reading, um, one of the reference points was that the, 
the data collective that that TrueSet put together, verified them and verified their data to a certain degree of, of a, being a high performer and, you know, in a certain section or whatever. And that that made an impact on that overall decision. Um, and and so I think there's a lot of value, whether it's uh, whether it's in the you know, the buying community, the major holding companies sort of leaning in and saying, well, are you part of this data coalition? If you are, I'm going to move you over to a special matrix so that our buyers recognize, you know, that you care about quality, which we've seen happen uh, in multiple cases. Um, and ultimately, it's just a, you know, I, I referred to it earlier, but, you know, rising tide raises all boats like that. That's the initiative. And yeah. we want to be able to provide as much value as we can. I like hearing that. I, lo I love the, the, the drive behind that and what you're looking out to do. Talk to me more about what drives you. What are some of the driving factors that within your work? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, I think, um, you know, for me, I'd say it's more on a personal level. You know, I, from a driving perspective, you know, I have ambitions to build businesses and like, for me, that's really fun to do. Um, but ultimately I'm, you know, I'm doing it all for my family and my kids. And, you know, uh, I, I look at, uh, yeah, I'm the sole, sole provider and, and, you know, for me to be able to um, do the things that I want in, in my life and provide my family the opportunity and my kids to go to school and whatnot, I, I, that's really my driver. Um, in terms of work, it's, you know, it's building something from the ground, you know, the ground up and, and watching it, you know, become whatever it becomes. Um, and th that's been... It's been a lot of fun throughout my career. Um, I'm, you know, I'm I'm open to risk taking, as you can imagine, because there's a ton of risk in all this. Um, but, you know, if if you have the right focus and determination, um, you can really you can really get through most things, and um, and you'll see that. I think one of the greatest sort of rewards is as I've gone from startup to startup, uh, whether it was in the investment community or the brand community or, you know, the tech community um, in this last one or current one with TrueSet, uh, all of those relationships have, have come full circle. So it's been fun to, um, to be able to contribute uh, to the company in, in many different ways, but based on all of those various relationships, you know, from, from the finance world to the brand world to the agency world. And um, given the ubiquity of data accuracy and the importance of data accuracy, that actually plays a role in, in, in all of the different realms. So I'd say that's probably the, the most fun about it. Chip, if you're like the rest of us, you get a long, lot of LinkedIn messages, probably most of them unsolicited. Yeah. So what's a, a LinkedIn message that gets your attention and what's one that uh, really annoys you? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. I, um, I don't really think any of them get my attention, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a first <laughs> you know what that's a first. you know what none of them actually <laughs> i mean i feel bad saying that but that is the truth like it if you want to get through to me on linkedin then it's you know i've been recommended by somebody you know name that person and you know there has to be a true honest 
connection there. I, I, um, like I said, I have a family and I have a startup and, you know, I don't have time really to, to look at, um, various LinkedIn messages. Uh, I do spend a good amount of time on LinkedIn because I like to see what's happening. And I think the, the feed is, is pretty good, um, you know, to, to see what's going on with a, a number of different businesses. Um, but in terms of direct message, there's really not, not a, that wouldn't be a great rep, uh, way to track me down. <laughs> Chip, you've got to have a, a pet peeve at least though. A pet peeve? Um, just don't reach out. Yeah, that's the pet. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I really, I don't have it. I mean, I would say the pet peeve would only be maybe like um, the repetition. You know, if you if you don't if there's not a response on the first two, then you know you've done it wrong. You know, like, and a lot of times they'll just use the same cut and paste language each time and uh and then they kind of stack on one another so you can see like the same message three times four times from the same person so like anything you know too much frequency is a bad thing as as our folks in ctv land have understood chip so tell us a little bit more about your personal side because we like to get to know the guests uh any hobbies that you've picked up over the pandemic or some that you've had always would love to get to know you a little bit better on that side um sure pandemic i've picked up pickleball um mainly because we were on lockdown and i bought a net and so my family i have twins that are a boy and a girl and um so my wife and i play against them when we were when we were locked down in the driveway, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Um, hobbies overall, I'm just, uh, I love sports. I, I've grown up playing lacrosse and um, I'm a skier. Went to University of Colorado, Boulder, and used to ski a ton. And I just love anything outdoors, rock climbing, skiing, surfing, hiking, golfing, you know, whatever. What are your sport? What are your sports teams? Who do you root well, for? I was born in Dallas, so I'm a Cowboys fan. Ah, you know. <laughs> as a New York Giants fan, no, I, uh, that's uh, I actually visited Dallas. My friends and I go to a different stadium every year. Past eight years, Chip, to see the New York Giants uh, play, right. and this last past year we went to Dallas. And that stadium was beautiful. It was a beautiful stadium. I got to, and the, and the fans and the people were so nice. They're very different from the New York based Dallas Cowboys fans, which I cannot stand. If you're listening, I actually like actual Cowboy fans who are from Texas area, but New York based, I know you're listening, but that's awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I grew up uh, on the East coast and my father's a Giants fan. Yes, so we have we have interesting rivals in uh, in our home, you know, throughout the season. I grew up going to Giants games, so yeah, um, I understand what you're talking about. That's awesome, <laughs> Chip. One of the uh, a couple of questions. The question I have is really, as you heard me mention in the beginning, trade shows are back. Trade shows have always been big for Starista. We kind of just go to different shows. Yeah. I, I I met Truthset at programmatic io 
in in New York. That's where I, I met know. some of your folks there. Is is that on the roadmap for you? Is that big for Tree yeah. Set kind of going out and, and well, you know any upcoming shows out there that uh, you, you guys are looking into, or just tell me about that landscape because these yeah. are questions that our, our listeners want to know. Sure. Well, I'm a I'm a very big believer in trade shows. Um, I tend to go to the ones that are a little bit more curated and the super super big ones. Um, but I I think there's tremendous value there. I'm I'm actually a a founder of one of them called Brand Storytelling. Uh, so Brand Storytelling is really about brands and, uh, um, you know, becoming storytellers themselves, essentially. Uh, and uh, very different than the data world. But um, but yeah, no, I, I think there's a tremendous amount of value in being face-to-face, being in an environment where um, you can just be a little bit more relaxed. It, it's 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 different when you're, you know, taking a walk or you're outside on a nice patio or something where you get to know the person a little bit more. And then you can talk about your business versus a, a conference room or yeah. you know, a podcast or a, <laughs> a Zoom meeting or whatnot. You know, so I think that um, I think that they're really important. I think you have to be really smart about the ones that you attend because they're, you know, they're expensive. Um, but if you, if you choose the right ones, then, um, then yeah, I think there's incredible value there and, and we're going to be pretty strategic about the ones we choose, but we are, we're going to be out in full force. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think just the fact that for, for us, that's why we, we originally, we, we created this podcast as if like, okay, we're meeting Chip at the bar at a conference and you, yeah. know, you kind of talk about so many different things there including sports what you do family life that sort of thing so yeah we're eager to get back we started getting back i think the next one might be a, a for me a b2b conference in august in boston the b2b sales and marketing exchange i'm on the b2b side so that's why i go awesome. there but i think couple of New York trips. AJ's coming back up to New York soon. We've got uh, a lot of local things, the marketing club in New York here. It's uh, I'm on the board of, uh, of directors of that organization here. So that's been cool. So yeah, it, it's good. So hopefully people will meet you there. Don't, li- don't LinkedIn request them. Uh, do not send Chip a message on LinkedIn. He's not going to respond, but in person, Chip, well, leave us. <laughs> yeah, <he's, laughs> well, I mean, like, I didn't say request. I thought yeah. you were talking about the in. So <laughs> yeah, no. If I'm, you're in my industry and we, you know, I'm kidding. Free, I know. Fine. Definitely. No, yeah. Reach out. If, yeah. It, uh, oh, of course. If, yeah, any, anyone looking for truth said, reach out to, reach out to Chip. Chip, a closing thought for us, a closing thought on uh, future of data, closing thought about you sure absolutely love yeah, to hear. I, I i'm an optimist i i think the closing thought is that the future is bright you know we're we're coming out of a tough time for a lot of people um if you've been to any events recently you've probably felt that you know i think it's really spectacular to to be face to face and to you know have that human experience um in terms of data and, and our business you know i'm I'm thrilled for what the future holds because we're doing something that's good and that's right. And that's going to, you know, help a lot of people and a lot of businesses in our ecosystem. So I'm just super bullish. And um, that would be my message. I love it. 
We love it. Thank you so much, Chip, for joining us. We really appreciate it here on the Marketing Stir. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Chip Russo. He is the president and CRO of Truthset. Check out Truthset, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Vincent Petrofessa. That's AJ Gupta. This has been another episode of the Marketing Stir. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at starista.com. And thanks for listening.